0: Hello and welcome to the money nerds podcast where owning a calculator budgeting your money and having a net worth is actually cool I'm your host Whitney Hansen, and each week I'll be chatting with inspiring people to learn their secrets to financial success. Now let's dive into the show It's no surprise that so much of our finances and our views and our mindsets all come down to childhood, comes down to how we were taught, how we were raised, and ultimately, even how we were disciplined in a lot of ways. And I am certainly no expert whatsoever when it comes to discipline and children and all of that kind of stuff. I don't have kids of my own, but I'm fascinated with learning as much as I can. So if I have a family in the future, I know best how to approach this kind of stuff. And I've got to be honest with you. After talking with Dr. Candace Jones, my gut reactions to how you should discipline kids, or I guess I should say healthier ways of disciplining kids is maybe not in line with what you should be doing. So this was a really insightful conversation for me. I definitely learned a lot. If you're not familiar with Dr. Candace Jones, she is a MD, FAAP, and board-certified physician practicing as a general pediatrician in Orlando, Florida. She provides a standard of care that enriches the lives of thousands of kids and parents each year. Dr. Candace is committed to the health and well-being of children in underserved and adolescents in areas that are generally affected greatest by health inequalities. I think this is a really huge mission. And I love that that's where she spends so much of her time and energy helping Dr. Candace also has a special interest in medical media because of its educational reach in 2016. She launched drcandismd.com, a website focused on kid health education. She also created a podcast kidding around with Dr. Candace, where she discusses pediatric and parenting topics with other experts. She's been featured on numerous local and national news radio and digital outlets, as well as various health panels. And as a guest speaker, she completed her residency in pediatrics at Johns Hopkins School of Medicine in Baltimore, Maryland, In addition, she earned her medical doctorate at the Morehouse School of Medicine in Atlanta, Georgia. She's author and spokesperson for the American Academy of Pediatrics, a member of its Council on Communications and Media, Section on Minority Health Equity and Inclusion, and Florida Chapter. Dr. Candace is definitely a rock star, as you can see. She's got a very impressive bio, but more than anything, her willingness to just educate parents and people, even like me, I'm not a parent, but I'm surrounded by kids all the time. So it's really helpful for me to even understand some best approaches when it comes to handling kids because let's be real, they test your boundaries. I feel like that's what they're made for in a lot of ways. And actually, Dr. Candace talks a little bit about this in this episode. Here's what you're going to learn we dive into what Candace's philosophy on positive parenting is, why discipline from family to family will look very different, commentary on the psychology behind physical discipline and its effects on children. This really resonated very strongly with me as coming from a family that. Was maybe moderately too aggressive when it came to discipline. The high five essentials this is straight from her book, so she breaks down a really good positive parenting system or structure that we can follow. The importance of fostering good relational health starting from birth. I didn't realize this is maybe a little naive, I had no idea that pediatricians can also help you anticipate what's coming up emotionally for your children and how they're developing so that you can better equip yourself for what they're actually going through and understand where they're coming from. This is like totally news to me. Some of you, the parents out there are like, well, no doubt, Whitney, but I'm telling you, it's new for me. We talk about why discipline is actually not how parents react to misbehavior and why it's so much more. Why parenting education is so important and getting to know your pediatrician, the importance of consistency and discipline, and even going back to the basics of parenting when you find yourself in a really difficult situation with your child. I love this episode. I thought it was so informative and I definitely learned way more than I bargained for. So let's go ahead and dive into this conversation with Dr. Candace Jones. Dr. Candice Jones, thank you so much for hanging out. I'm very excited to talk about all things parenting and discipline. I think we're going to have a good conversation today. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very curious about how you got into the work of your pediatrician. So that's what your, your full-time job is, but then you started to help people with discipline. Like where did this come from for you?
1: You know, it's very much a part of what I do as a pediatrician. There are no holes bar in the world of pediatrics. So very much everything about the whole child from, and very early on, you know, that's a big part of raising children. Um, and so everything from their physical health, mental health, emotional, behavioral learning, everything about the growth and development and well-being of a child is, is within my purview. And so pediatricians do something called anticipatory guidance where, or they should, where we set parents up up for success in areas. So if I'm seeing you and your child at the four month mark, I'm already prepping you and telling you about what's coming before I see you next at the six month mark. Oh, around six months, you'll start to introduce solids or he or she may be sitting up or, you know, these are the things that you're helping them grow into. Um, And so that's my job. And so definitely I often find myself uh, talking about discipline, which just means to teach. It just means to teach, and so I'm helping parents teach their children in a positive way, and in a way that supports their growth and development and 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 their overall well being.
0: I love that you're you're doing this, and I, I think that so many times we we see things as disconnected. When, as you mentioned, you're you're helping with the whole child, and a big part of that. Is that discipline? So I'm curious from your perspective, what you said discipline is teaching, but what is positive discipline? Like, what does that concept actually mean? Right. So, positive discipline is a
1: coin term. Uh, you know, we have all different types of, uh, of disciplines that have been coined over throughout history. Uh, So there's positive discipline, there's gentle discipline, there's conscious discipline, there's, you know, all of these different coin terms by very smart individuals. What I'd like to say, my book is High Five Discipline is a positive uh, parenting approach to discipline. Mm -hmm. And so within that, I like to discuss what positive parenting is. And that is just an approach or a way to raise your children with their growth Thank you. the cat De, and development in mind, and the, everything that you do um, in teaching your child, it is to support their overall growth and, and, and well-being. Um, so, when I decide how I'm going to uh, give consequences to Johnny, I I need to be thinking about: Is this going to be helpful to him? Is this going to teach him? Is this going to teach him independence, whatever within his age group that he needs and needs to be supported? Versus, I'm mad that. He did that, and I'm just going to punish him and help him feel like I feel. He's going to learn today, <laughs> right? Yep. yep. That's I remember hearing that. parenting, <laughs> right? 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 Um, so that's the approach that we're trying. That I'm trying to um, teach about in this book.
0: Is this? I don't have children. I grew up in a family of six, so maybe that's why. But is this something <laughs> that is? Is it a cookie cutter approach? Like, can we take the concepts and apply them to every kid? Is this something we have to individualize? Like, how do you approach that? So, you know, I look at just like many things in life as you get to
1: put your own spin and, and, and we talk about the art of medicine. So I would say the art of parenting, you get to do that very much. So I would, I, I want to give parents the, these foundational high five essentials, these foundational principles and with anything their kid throws their way. Um, also, if you notice in my book with them doing their work, work as an adult as well, um, that they are able to apply these basic principles to make sure they're within that frame of positive parenting when they discipline. And so, yes, when you think of the high five essentials, it it may sound cookie cutter, but it really is just foundational stuff. And then you get to kind of pour in your own um, things. Uh, uh, In the book, we do help parents form a family discipline plan. And so that yours may look very different from someone else's. And yours may change and should change over time as your child develops. And so it definitely has to be
0: fluid. It makes a lot of sense. And I I I know it's always so tough because there's so many different styles of discipline and everyone has their own opinion on well, this is my kid. How dare you tell me what to do? But there's a lot of science and reasoning behind positive discipline. And I know one of the top talking points that has probably gone on for years is, should I spank my child or should I not spank my child? And I always hear this too, even in the background, that kid just needs a good butt whipping. And I'm like, is that, do Mm -hmm. they really, you know, is this really (laughs) what we should do? But I don't know. Can you talk about what the science and research says about hitting or spanking our kids? Right. And I love that response because throughout my book, you will
1: see that, Asking questions are so powerful. Do they really? Let's really think about that. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) But we can do that with kids too. Like, are you, you know? (laughs) Totally. That's an approach that I apply throughout the book. Just asking your child, was that really the best thing to do? Was that a good choice? And what do you think about, you know? Mm -hmm. And we're supporting them to problem solve and figure things out for themselves. So we even have to ask adults stuff like that, right? So as far as spanking, um, it, spanking is hitting of any type is a negative or aversive, uh, harsher form of discipline. It is a physical p- form of discipline. And from many, many, many years of research and studies from very smart people, we know that it is harmful to kids. I get it why parents do it. I grew up in that mindset, right? And had it for a very long time um, until I was trained and educated as a pediatrician and had kids of my own. And I still struggle sometimes not having that knee-jerk response. It's there, and I have to pull myself back, right? Because I was raised with it most of my life. Um, So I totally get it. And so I never want to judge parents um, in that because I understand the roots of that and why that's there. And as human beings, we just have our emotions, which are real, true, um, normal emotions, even as adults. And sometimes we respond, from that place and that you know can be with our kids and so I never want to do that but what we know is so I'm not judging and I don't want to tell you what to do with your kids but I do want to tell you as a pediatrician what's best what has been shown to be the best approach so as we teach our kids or discipline our kids it should be forms that are healthy. It should be forms that are going to um, re- yield the best results in their life. We are thinking down the road and trying to yield a an adult who is. Happy and whole and productive, kind, all of these wonderful attributes. If we are using harsh forms of discipline on them as a child, we know those kids have struggles in those areas, in, in struggles in areas of relationships, marriage. Uh, we know that they're more likely to be aggressive um, as well, um, or they just do what you've been doing. When I get angry, I can hit you yeah. or I can use my words against you. And because that's what you've been modeling, it makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the outcomes are not worth That response is what we'd like to say. It's just not worth it when we know how harmful it is. And also it's harmful on the brain. So we're talking about a child who can be aggressive, struggle in relationships, struggle in marriage, um, all kinds of problems. There is actual science behind what the body is doing, our stress hormones, our developing brain being affected that leads to those outcomes. Um, and so it's real deal. It's hap- happening. And so that's why we really need to do our best as much as possible to use uh, positive parenting and, and appropriate forms of discipline um, with our children.
0: And I love the point you made earlier, too, about all of this work starts with us. How do we begin to even see Sometimes we're, I don't even feel like we're aware of how we were even disciplined as a kid, or sometimes just the nuance of society. We don't actually question that. Do you have any exercises or tips for us to even start to observe? Like, how do we improve ourselves first? And so then we can show up best for our kids. You're right. You're absolutely right.
1: I love what you just said in the sense of, you know, when I started to write this book, I have a very early chapter that talks about my upbringing. Yes. And I called my mom and I called key family members and say, this is what I'm doing. This is what I feel like I should do. I want to be transparent and share my story and I'm hoping that people will relate to me and it will uplift them to kind of do similar work with themselves. And I said, my goal is not to shame you or judge you or make you feel bad. I know that you did the best you could in a tough situation. I know why you raised us that way, because that was, the way this has been handed down through generations and in many families, it's religious based. So we're almost indoctrinated into, you're supposed to spare the rod and spoil the child. So, you know, in the book, I go through a lot of myths and, you know, myths and misinformation and facts about discipline. And we, we know that that's a misinterpretation. And so we are indoctrinated into to doing that. In a sense, we really are. That that's the way you're supposed to do it. And if you don't, your child ends up spoiled and rotten and no good. And so we we do it. We feel like, oh, I don't want to spank you, but I have to for your, you know, for your (laughs) betterment. You You know, I (laughs) love you. I I love you. That's why I spank you. (laughs) Yeah. And then the child says, "Well, I did that, so I deserve." I hear adults all the time. I deserve all those those spankings I got. I was bad, or I. Blah, 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 blah. My mom took good care of me. And so even now, in that, knowing that when we were a child didn't feel good, um, now we're looking back and going, they were right, they were right. Mm-hmm. And you can't tell people anything different, they get upset about these conversations. It's just like vaccine conversations, religion conversations, politics. <laughs> And so I try not to go there um, as best I can, but I can just, all I can do is tell you what the evidence shows. And, and, and a lot of times we're doing this because we were taught it, but also it is now knee jerk. It is a part of who we are and we don't know what else to do, right? We get stuck in a tense situation and we don't have the skills and the knowledge to try to do anything else. So what are we going to do? And so I want to offer another way, right? Give you, skill you up and give you some other things to do so that now you can start to make those changes to how you can apply and guide your children to make good behavioral choices and apply consequences appropriately and discipline in a way that is um, helpful to them and not harmful.
0: Yeah let's break this down. I think this is so helpful for so many people. And even if you don't have kids like myself, I'm around kids all the time with a family of six. I'm (laughs) bound to be around a lot of little ones. Like it's just the way it is. And so I think it's really important to even understand that this is not just applicable to parents. This is applicable to anybody that has to deal with kids in any capacity. So let's break down this framework. How do you, how do you approach positive parenting? Absolutely. Um, so Let's d- frame it
1: in, in in high five discipline or the high five essentials, yeah. which is a positive parenting approach to discipline. Um, so the high five essentials are number one, having a knowledge of child development and parenting skills. No, you don't have to go get a degree in child development. Thank goodness. Uh, <laughs> right, right, right. It's not that intense. But just try to have a parenting book like this book or talk to your pediatrician. You know, with through that anticipatory guidance, when they start talking like that, don't just shut them down. Okay, go ahead, ahead. just give me shots. I don't have time for this. You know, listen up, (laughs) utilize your pediatrician or wonderful podcast or websites, the AAP healthychildren.org. So wonderful. Even the CDC has age based um, topics Uh, infancy, toddler, preschool, school age, adolescence, where it's broken down. Down and helps you to understand why children do what they do in that frame, in that uh that age grouping, and what you can do to support them and what are the best uh disciplinary strategies during that time. And so it's very, very helpful. So that's just the basic level of knowledge that I think parents should have. We they don't they don't come with a manual and we just can't assume just doing it the way grandma did it or mom did it is just all the knowledge we need. No, kids are different. We're all evolving, and you need to equip yourself with knowledge. You don't get in the car and just drive it without any knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. Same thing with your kids. This is the most important people in your life to most people. So learn about them. And then when you learn that knowledge, that you apply skills to that knowledge so you can meet your children where they are, not where you want them to be. Because Mm -hmm. oftentimes we are disciplining children for something they did or didn't do that we think they should be able to do or not do when that's not the case, because it's outside of their developmental abilities. So we're, we're messing that up to your two-year-olds tantrum. That's what they do. That's their job. And I tell you why, because they don't have good language to talk through their emotions when they get upset. And if we couldn't talk, we would be tantruming too. Yeah.
0: I mean, I can't talk and I tantrum. Let's be right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But if we couldn't get the words out to tell people how we feel when something's going wrong, we would use our body and our vocals and all the stuff that they do to express That's just a form of communication. Mm. And so when they do that, we should have the skills to recognize this is not personal. They're not just trying to make my life miserable. This is their developmental phase. So what skills am I going to apply here? I'm just going to redirect. I'm going to distract. I'm going to ignore. So all three of those are different skills you can choose to use, or I'll do a time in. I just bring them in close and hug them until they calm down. Right, I'm not talking to them. I'm not telling them to be quiet. And oh, why are you, why are you crying? Why are you tensioning me in the store? No, I'm not giving you the You know, you don't give it fuel because that's gonna that's gonna escalate. That's gonna co-escalate the situation. You want to co-regulate the situation, right? Mm. And so that's just I just gave you some nuggets.
0: Now you still got to get the book. Still have to. (laughs) I think this should be required reading. Honestly, it's like how how they. It boggles my mind that we have kids and these kids turn into adults that control the world and like influence everybody. And we never get a parenting manual. (laughs) Like, what is this? I
1: think parenting classes should be mandatory and you Me can't do too. anything. You can't do anything mandatory in this country. That's a whole <laughs> issue. No, you can't. But in Europe, in other countries, these things are free. They are highly encouraged. They are expected. So they don't even have to make it mandatory because it's like, have you signed up for your parenting class? It's just a part of that's so cool what they do. And it's free of charge in many countries. And so we could do better, more of that health promoting, getting ahead of, of situations to equip parents with the knowledge they need. So that's number one, which is a huge one. And that is on the parent. That's on the parent. The child can't do that for you. Number two is good relational health. This is so key. And I know people may automatically be thinking about their teenager uh, uh, and how teens and parents start having some tense situation. Nope, starts all the way back when your child is born Hmm. from infancy, bonding and attachment and being a responsive parent where when your baby coos, you talk right back to them and you make eye contact and you give them affection. And all of these things is setting you up for good relational health. Mm-hmm. And as your child grows, when they're the terrible twos that you time in, right? You bring them in when, and you co-regulate and they feel safe and secure and they respect you and they love you. That is the foundation of a good relationship. And a child that has that, that safe Stable, nurturing relationship and environment from their parents or whomever. Uh, it could be a teacher, could be a grandparent. If they have that, they will follow you. They will listen to you. Really? Yeah, they will. And then if they don't, you can say, oh, but I want you to, okay. They, 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 they feel bad when they don't do it. You have that leverage of guilt a little bit. That's
0: great. Right. Right.
1: (laughs) Yes. So because they love you. Um, and so that doesn't mean you're going to be this permissive parent, Mm -hmm. We don't want that. We want, you know, balanced parents who have expectations of their kids, but also that unconditional love. And that's from Dr. Kenneth Ginsburg, whom I love. And so we have to balance it. But but setting up that up early is so key that will last through, you know, school age and adolescence, because, yes, the adolescent is going to go through a period of rebellion in puberty, but if you have a strong relationship, you can work through it. You absolutely can work through it. Um and they come back around. Number 3 is encouraging uh, appropriate behavioral choices. And this is so huge. Most of the time we think discipline is what we do when our kids misbehave. Totally it is not, <laughs> right? Yeah. Discipline is teach teaching. As I said, you are the teacher, the child is the student, and we can encourage our kids, like guide them and support them and teach them into making good behavioral choices, right? And one of those ways, and I've heard so many parents that I tell, when they tell me they're having trouble at school, and I said, well, Ask the teacher about bringing the child closer to the front of the class, these little modifications, keeping them close and and giving them tasks to do so they're involved in the classroom activities, less likely to get distracted. Have you guys sit down and set up like a little behavior chart where maybe you're um, incentivizing and rewarding and praising behavior with something they like and maybe stickers or checks? Or or whatever, and that comes home between the teacher and home, and you can utilize the same chart, and you guys set the goals, whatever the concerns are. And oftentimes I've heard, not all the time, because there's some excellent teachers. Oftentimes I've heard, you know, I don't have time for that. Or Uh, I don't think it's fair to praise, to to continue to praise him. Why does he want so much praise? Um, And I have Mm -hmm. others in the class. Well, maybe you should just do the whole class. Yeah, truly though. And yes, if we're teaching kids on an individualized basis, which I think education should be um, to the whole child and their needs, meeting their individual needs, then we are going to learn our kids. Um, You know, Brandon may not need a lot of praise. He may be self-motivated and can get his stuff done with no problem. He can tune out the other kids. But poor Jamie, she's struggling. She's all over the place. You know, she's still a little immature. And so when I say, great job listening, Jamie, she lights up and tries to listen more. Totally. Totally. So this is encouraging good behavior through praise and rewards and incentives and, and, and po- what we call positive reinforcement. Um, we're giving something um, that is reinforcing the good behavior we want to see. This is not a bribe. Bribes are before, right? Yeah. <laughs> rewards are after. You have to earn um this thing. You, you got to do the work to get it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. This is great too. Cause I could even see this being useful in adults. Like I think sometimes oh, yeah. we forget that, you know, it doesn't stop there either. If you use that same concept in our relationships, like how much better would those be too? I, I love this, this idea. And on jobs. Yeah. Yeah. And- and, you know, some of the best people that have
1: done this stuff around child development are behavior analysts who work the scope of life mm-hmm. from children to workplaces, to adults, and some of these same strategies, as you said, work for adults. Absolutely, Turns out,
0: <laughs> turns yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love this idea too. So if you are noticing that maybe your child is, like you said, not paying attention in class, have those conversations. But I think that... Conversations like this on this podcast and with the book are so important because it gives you the language to use to approach that conversation. Absolutely. And I think a lot of parents may be intimidated. Yeah. Um,
1: saying these things or divulging these things with their pediatrician. So it is very important that pediatricians have a good relationship with their families um, and that they're relatable and that they set up their practice like a medical home. Right. And then also that way we can give the language to parents and help them advocate for themselves at, the school and wherever their children are that's that's the first hurdle it really is to because sometimes these meetings are multiple people and you're the only one and you feel so intimidated and you just sit there and listen and you wanted to say so much and you didn't really know what to say um so yeah I really do help parents with that quite often and so the last two points because I know I I get off on tangents because I love this stuff I do too
0: this is great (laughs)
1: Number four, the fourth um, high five essential is discouraging inappropriate behaviors and correcting those behaviors. Now, this one is where the money is for most parents. This is what what can I do when they when they do something wrong? Hundred percent, really. But really, again, this is not what you should be doing most of the time. Hmm. It really isn't. If you're doing one, two, and three most of the time, you've got to pretty darn good kid behaviorally, and you're not going to have to do much of four, but you have it when you need it because everybody's going to mess up and make a mistake and make a poor choice, right? For sure. sure. (laughs) Absolutely. So it's very important that this is where we discourage when they make um, behavioral, poor behavioral choices. And this is where we're going to correct those behaviors. So we use consequences. And this is where I talk to parents about not so much that spirit of punishment, that punitive nature, and where, again, I think schools need to do better taking out the punitive nature of, uh, of punishing kids. We want to do more what a lot of schools are talking about, socio-emotional learning, more restorative when a child makes a poor choice. We have them to understand what they did wrong and that they express empathy for that and express what they could have done better. And they're restored to, you did something wrong. You did something bad, but you're not bad. Right. You're, you're that unconditional love comes through. I love you. You're my son. You're my student. Um, you're not bad. You just made a bad choice. Okay. okay so we're good. good. And and you're restored and let's move on. Um, but that, that process has to be there. But a lot of times when we just punish and it's punitive, it's all about the hurt and the shame and the, totally. yeah, you're the worst and now you're going to pay. And we yep. don't want that. And so I like to talk more in the realm of just consequences because, you know, anything that happens there's a consequence that follows. Right. Um, And, and that's it. This is what you did. And so now some things can happen naturally. You didn't study for your test. You got an F that's a natural consequence. I had nothing to do with that. (laughs) That's on you. And (laughs) so for the most of us, really, we don't need to do or say anything else. Did you learn your lesson? Right, that was a natural consequence, and then there are other consequences that we can apply. You know, removal of privileges, um, timeouts for younger kids, um, different things of that nature, where we can apply these things in the moment. Uh, things that are more logical that fit the the crime, if you will. <laughs> You're driving and texting. My app, my my app, told me you were driving and texting, or you know, you had. To too many people in the car, or so-and-so saw you um speeding. Okay, listen, I want you to be safe. I- I- it just, it already worries me that you're driving around as a teenager. Uh I thought you were responsible enough to handle this very serious task and I want you to live. And if you're loading up kids in the car, driving fast, texting, this is dangerous. And you're either going to have a wreck and hurt yourself or someone else, or you could get a ticket, get arrested. All of these things can happen. And so we, I think we need to work on this more before you have this responsibility. Cause you've shown me you're not quite ready. I and love so that. I'm, I'm going to take the keys now. And then maybe we can uh, talk more about this over time and see if you can earn this back and show me that you're ready for it. This is so good. Right. right? right? So they understand mom wasn't just trying to punish me. Right. You know, it's not and about that these are the reasons why. And also in that conversation, allowing your child to explain themselves mm-hmm. and get their feelings and emotions out. But you are the parent and this is the decision and we'll get back to it. But you've got to show me.
0: Right. For this, this is great. So you, you basically, you talk about it like a rash adult. (laughs) You're just like, here's, here's what we're doing. Here's the, here's why this behavior focusing on the behavior, not the person is bad. Here's what we're going to do because your action had a consequence and now you can earn it back. I suspect, I mean, I don't know, maybe maybe this is just my mom. She did a great job with us, but dang it. She was not always good with the follow-through. <laughs> so, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, I can see <laughs> that maybe being a lot of parents because I can imagine it's exhausting. Um, yes. Any tips on like that follow-through with that earning your keys back kind of part? Oh
1: my goodness. Isn't that tough? Especially like you said, it was six kids. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Her parents had... It, it, I look, I fall short on that one and I have two. Right. Um, So that goes into number five. I'll answer that with the fifth high five essential is managing the environment. Right. And I call this being proactive, not reactive. And I call this setting your kids up for success. So in that same scenario, a part of this is being consistent a part of managing the environment, setting your kids up for success, being proactive, getting ahead of the issues before it happens is being consistent. It absolutely is. And so did before you gave your child the keys to the car when they turned 16, because that's something you had discussed and you planned out, did you sit down with them and give them the rules? Mm-hmm. and the limits and the boundaries around driving did, did we do that um did they for, for instance you could have it in writing and sign a contract and then you could come to them and go you breached the contract I'm sorry yeah no the part of it was I get the keys and, and we go back through this again Right? Yes. So things like that. And then that helps you be consistent, right? Um, and so we really, really have to plan it out. When that pediatrician gives you anticipatory guidance, that's what they're trying to help you do. This yes. is what's coming. Um, your six month old, by the time they come back in nine months, is going to be crawling around. And I want you to start safety proofing your home. Putting the plug covers in the walls, locking the cabinets, the stove, you know, all of these things, those kits we can get so that they won't pull things down on themselves, getting to the chemicals or the medicines and, you know, hurt themselves. Discipline when we're teaching, we're trying to keep kids safe because they don't know better. They don't know right, right from wrong. So it is a part of keeping them safe. Um, so that's something that's so important, even in that scenario with the teenager, going back to that and setting him up for success in the first place with, before we even gave him the keys. Now a teenager is going to try it, right? Of course. That's who they are. That's how their brains are. Let's talk about their brains, right? We know that they have this sort of mismatch. The brain is still developing, not fully developed until the 20s. And so the a part of their brain is already more developed than the pre- prefrontal cortex or the executive functioning reasoning part of the brain. So there's, that's why they throw caution to the wind and mm-hmm. they do risky things and they think they're super men or women and can't die and nothing can hurt them. Yep. And so they will try some things, even though we've told them and, and blah, blah, blah. And so we have to put those safety nets in place. So yes, you probably can anticipate that your child will have too many people in the car, may text while driving. So there's an app for that. Try to get ahead of it. Try to talk to them on an ongoing basis and try to stay a- ahead of that as best you can. I find that with kids, the more you prepare them for things, the more they're prepared, the less mm-hmm. anxious they are about it, the more they follow it. You know, we were talking about the mask and you were saying, oh, Oh my God, your daughter wears a mask. Well at four. And I said, she's been wearing it since three because with our doctors, we've been teaching her and showing her and modeling all of those important elements. And so it's like nothing. It's just, it became, this is what I'm
0: supposed to do. This is amazing. I I love that quote, more is caught than taught. And I think that's exactly what you're talking about here. Yes. More is caught than taught. You know, we
1: always say, do as I say, not as I do. And you (laughs) can't do what I do and blah, blah, blah. Oh no, there you're on live. You're on, you're on Instagram live, Facebook live. You're on live 24 seven. They are watching everything you do, even stuff that they on a conscious level don't know. You know, we our kids could be with us and we have similar manner, mannerisms and all of this stuff. They're catching, right? We're not teaching them all of that. They're just catching that. Yeah. That's
0: insane. It's so, I mean, it's a lot of pressure. And I know most parents, they truly, as you mentioned too, they're doing the best that they can with the tools that they have. But when you know better, you do better. So now hopefully this is a catalyst. Let's say somebody listening in is like, you know wasn't doing such a great job up till about 16. And now I got a problem child. Now, what do I do? Do you have any like tools or resources that they might be able to use?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So just keep sound like uh, Jesse Jackson, keep hope alive. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. I love it. (laughs) Keep hope alive. You're not alone. I don't know too many people that Aren't having some, a little stress and strain with their teenager, especially in the times right these are really rough times our young people are really struggling mentally and emotionally right now as with everyone but and we're not recognizing the the stress and the strain that they're under um so yes everyone's dealing with some stuff with their kids at home for sure and so what i would say is give yourself some grace give them some grace and go back to these foundational principles and, and really do your work first, like do your work first. Look at that parent in the middle, in, in the mirror. You know, I have a whole section in the book just for the parents about modeling, about self-care, about, um, you know, the the coping and calming and mindfulness skills that you need just to deal with kids, right? For sure. I'm not all pointing fingers at you parents. I'm trying to help you out how we can stay calm and peaceful and check ourselves first, that allows us to use our skills. Just me breathing and counting to 10 is probably my most useful tool
0: Mm. that
1: helps me with my kids. Just taking 10 and breathing. And sometimes I talk to myself and I make myself laugh because all the things that I want to say and do, I say it to me and then I go, Oh, you're crazy. <laughs> you know, that type of stuff, right? <laughs> yes. And, and, and so, and then taking care of yourself. Um,
0: So that stuff is so, so, so important as well. I love this conversation. I think it's so important. And I know that I mean, as a money podcast, people are always like, Well, what what does this have to do with it? Kind of everything. Because if you don't have that positive parenting or you're, you're grew up in a family where there was maybe some trauma, maybe you were hit or abused or verbally, you know, not not very kind things said that for sure affects your finances. It, it affects it in so many different ways where you might become more impulsive and just spend on stuff, trying to fill that void or buying love from other people. Like there's so many ways that this affects our finances. So I'm really grateful that you took the time to come on here and give us a little bit more insight into how we can do just a bit better. I love this.
1: Yes, 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 yes. And I, you know, Hey, when you're talking about money and discipline, Teach your kids about money. Amen <laughs> I mean, really? Seriously. And, you know, that could incorporate uh that into some of your rewards or your incentives. Yes. And you know, there's so many life skills we need to teach our kids, and you definitely want to incorporate that. I it's love really that. Key. Mm-hmm.
0: Dr. Jones, you are such a rock star. Before we officially part ways, are you down for some rapid fire questions? Ooh, I'll do the best I can. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Okay, <laughs> that's all we can ask for, especially right now. <laughs> yes. Okay, I'm curious. What is one book aside from High Five Discipline that you find yourself gifting to people most often?
1: Ooh, that's a good one. Right now um there's two that pops up in the top of my head uh that is stamped and it's the kid version (laughs) <laughs> stamp from the beginning, Dr. I- Ibram X. Kendi. I tell people about that all the time. And then also a book called Cast, and I'm blanking on the author's name. Oh, man, I'm blanking her name, but it's called Cast, The Origins of Our Discontent. Um, and So you can see that uh, in these times, and as a pediatrician as a african american mom pediatrician uh parent uh all of that stuff um i'm kind of in a place of e- equity health equity mm-hmm. um and so we have to do some tough work around uh having p- Peace and justice and equity in every area of our life. And I think those books are historical, but they help us to understand history and the long-term effects of where we are today from those historical uh, things. So I do like reading and having some history put into the book and, and, and making it relevant to today's time. So I like stuff like that.
0: I love that. I'm going to check out both of those books. They both sound amazing. Uh, Next question for you. Let's pretend it's post COVID. Where's one location you're dying to travel to?
1: Mm. So post COVID, where do we want to go? We've talked about, so we started several years ago, my daughter's four. So she would have been two, two years ago, two or three years ago, um, starting traveling Europe. Oh, no way. Um, As a family, as a family. And so we got one trip down where we were gone 12 days and we did London, Paris, and Barcelona. And it was a whirlwind, but it was so great. And so we were already thinking, where are we going next? I'm voting for Italy, like, you know, all over. Um, And my son is thinking more Japan, like you know, more Asian country. So we haven't decided, but as soon as we can get back to fully traveling um and everything's better, we're gonna resume our Euro- European, you know, tour.
0: All yeah. the pasta. Yes. And, be wine. So and wine, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, let's be real, right? <laughs> I love that. Okay, my next question for you. Are you more of a morning or evening routine person? Mmm.
1: It depends if I've had enough sleep. If I've had enough sleep, I bounce up and I do so much better in the morning. But if I'm tired, it's a no go. Yeah. Yeah. I get
0: that. I get that. Yeah. I can imagine there's probably been, as a pediatrician, a lot of tired days over the past right. year.
1: Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to sleep in. Can I please
0: sleep? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so, what is your current morning routine when things are going well for you? Oh, and things are going well I, and, and, you know, I'll get up and
1: I want to cook breakfast. This is mostly a w- on the weekend because during the week, it just doesn't happen. Um, I get up, I say, what are we going to eat? And my kids always want like pancakes, totally. wild, a full nine. We're Southern Florida. And I, we grew up in, Al- I grew up in Alabama, my husband and I, so it's like grits, eggs. Uh, pancakes, bacon, it's the whole nine. Um, So we do all of that. That's so fun. And then here, it's always kind of pretty warm. So we may swim or decide what we're going to do for the day. Uh, We might get some laundry, some things that need to be done around the house. But for the most part, it's a fun, relaxing lay around day. And we often go, oh,
0: four o'clock and we need to get groceries. Let's head out, you know, or something. But we just lounge around the house. Yeah. I love it. That sounds like a great morning routine. And how fun for the kids too. Like what good memories. Oh yes. Oh yes. That that's their thing. Can we make pancakes
1: and good and eggs? And they go down the list. I'm like, yeah. And they actually like to help. So my daughter, especially, she puts on a chef hat and an apron and she wants to crack the eggs and, you know, it's messy, but it, it's fun. They like to get in the kitchen with us. So that's, that's always fun too. That's so cute. Yeah. You know? And they have their weekend um, activities. So they do piano and then Sundays, my son does tennis. So some of that stuff is just kind of the routine things, Mm -hmm. but we try to sprinkle some fun and just relaxation in there.
0: I love that. That's a beautiful morning routine. All right, my friend, my last question for you, in your opinion, what is the secret to financial success?
1: Mm. So I think for me, um being married would be having the couple you know your you and your partner uh compromising and coming to a Uh, financial approach together, right? Because you may not have the same beliefs or the way you want to do things, but you kind of have to come to the same thing with parenting. You know, I may believe this, you may believe that, but we have to come together and create our own thing. That's going, that makes sense. That's best, right? But that works. And this is how we're going to do things. And so with our money, you know, whether it's budget or save this much or, are we just going to buy what we want because we worked hard or we're going to try to set up a legacy or a future for our kids, college funds? What are we doing here? What's the plan? Do we have an advisor? Those types of things. So my husband, my husband's definitely more financially um, savvy than I am. I didn't have that really modeled for me growing up a lot. It was more of a um, you know, just getting by type of thing. Um, But for him, he has, his brain just works in a way that he, he listens to financial podcasts and all of this stuff. We do have an advisor. We do have a plan. And we've set up all of our things that we need to set up for our kids and for, you know, tough things that you don't want to talk about burial and who makes this decision and where does this go and naming the the beneficiary. You know, we've gone through all of that stuff. It's really tough, but it needs to be be done because we have babies and we don't want to leave them burdened or, um, without anything, what's the point of doing all this hard work? And it just could be wiped out. Um, so I think it starts there. You definitely don't want to be in a marriage where one person's doing this and so one person's doing this and you're not moving in a direction that's going to be good for either of you, your family, your legacy, or your future. So financially that's key because we know most marriages probably break up over money. It's true. It's
0: yeah. so true. That's a beautiful answer. I could not agree more for everybody listening in all of the links to Dr. Jones's resources and everything mentioned in this, this episode is going to be in the show notes. So make sure you go check it out there and. I just wanted to say thank you again. This was such a great conversation. I'm honored that you took the time to come on. It went so fast. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Yes, you had great questions, a wonderful interview. It it went so fast, I didn't even realize we were done. (laughs)
0: That's how it goes. That's how it goes. I appreciate your time and I will chat with you soon. Okay, what do you think? I love this episode. I think some of my favorite takeaways are to really understand and spend the time to work on yourself first and foremost and that will help you become a better parent and a better disciplinary. That was the part that really, really did resonate with me. I would love to hear from you. What stood out to you specifically? Tag me on Instagram, take a screenshot of this. I'm at Whitney underscore Hanson underscore co to let me know that you're listening in. And then from there, I will send you a message and we can chat about some of your takeaways from this episode too. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate all of your support and I'm so grateful that you're a part of the Money Nerds community. It's so fun to connect with you. And again, I don't take that lightly. I'm so grateful for all of your support so far. That's it for today. I will see you next week for another episode of the Money Nerds podcast. Bye.